So for the first time in the history of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, I'm proud enough to say that the New York Giants are 2-0. And I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. To those talking heads, Baker Mayfield, all this other shit, right? Well, guess what? The Giants won. Giants won 19-16. And there's a lot of factors that contributed in this win. We'll talk about positives, negatives, all that in this podcast. But I want to go to obvious first thoughts. Um, I think, and we'll get to this, the MVP of this game was Don Martindale. And let me explain something to you people out there. There were, and maybe I'm on this train, maybe I was on this train like a year ago or two years ago. Don Martindale is a much better coordinator than Patrick Graham. It's dawned on me the last few days, this game kind of cementing it, that the last coaching staff was more conservative than we thought. And listen, I don't want to harp on all this shit. And I know a lot of people, well, Patrick Graham this, you know, we we liked him, he wasn't given the town, all this shit. Okay. Look at this squad right now in terms of defense. Jihad Ward is an edge. He's a veteran journeyman. He's playing out of his mind right now. He's setting the edge. He's getting pressure on the QB. And then, who... I'm sorry, who are edge rushers again? Tamon Fox and O'Shane Zimenez. O'Shane Zimenez, once again, I'll give you the flowers, is playing out of his mind. Playing out of his mind. Go back to last year. Aziz was on the edge. We had Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence inside. And I'm not trying to fry away from the whole Dave Gettleman thing. I'm not. What am I trying to make the point of here, you may ask? The point is, is that Wink has done a better job with less than Patrick Graham the last two years with more. Maybe I'm overhyping everything. Maybe they get their ass kicked against Dallas. And maybe I retract that statement. I don't know. But, Patrick Graham had more of a defensive backfield, right? Look at the corners that uh, we have right now. We had no Aaron Robinson on Sunday. Adoree Jackson, he was locked down. You had Cordell Flott, and listen, he did struggle a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. He did give up like two receptions, both to DJ Moore, and he's a good receiver. And he's got to work on some things, obviously. I mean, he should have had McCaffrey in the backfield, but he was already going for negative yardage anyway. You look at that, and then you look at last year. Oh, you got Dory Jackson. You got Aaron Robinson. You got Darnay Holmes. You got James Bradbury. And you tell me that Patrick Graham couldn't blitz? That he couldn't get home with his guys? That he and the coaching staff couldn't coach up these guys to affect the quarterback a little bit more? Meanwhile, listen, I don't have the numbers in terms of pressures as of right now. But Baker Mayfield was under constant pressure, despite only being sacked two times. I'm going to talk more about this when we get to the defense. But Don Martindale, your flowers. You're going to get them. You're going to get them. But with that being said, as usual, we'll go over the stats the offensive takeaways, the defensive takeaways. And I, I know, obviously, we'll talk about Daniel Jones. He's still a discussion topic. You know, I know a lot of people 
are okay with his play. A lot of people are not okay with his play. We'll talk about it. So anyway, uh, Baker Mayfield, 14 for 29, 145 yards, one touchdown, sack twice, a QBR of 16, and a passer rating of 74.6. Fuck you, Baker Mayfield. That's what I'm going to say right there. And there's a lot of Panthers fans out there. I was in a live stream on Sunday that, you know, they were saying we're going to beat our ass. Yeah, okay, you beat our ass. Now they want their coach fired. Now they want their owner to sell the team. So you know what? Be more aware of your situation, assholes. Um, but good for Baker Mayfield that he f- fucked up. He didn't necessarily fuck up entirely, but good that he didn't play well because, well, Don Martindale knows him and Baker Mayfield is not good. And listen, we always have those friendly rivalry talks uh, with Brian Mansell and the boys of Big Apple, and he's like, well, Baker Mayfield and the Panthers will be a playoff team. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that. I'm not saying the Giants are playoff worthy. I'm not doing that. But with that being said, Panthers, they might be done. Uh, Daniel Jones, 22 for 34, 176 yards, one touchdown, uh, three sacks, 37.3 QBR, and a rating of 87.4. So some improvements, some not improvements. You look at the rushing game. Uh, the Giants overall allowed 23 carries, 146 yards. That's about 6.3 yards per carry, which, you know, sometimes they'll have their rough games. And, you know, you take the 49-yard run, and actually, let me get to those, you know, individual stats right now. Uh, Donata Foreman, he had two carries for nine yards. Baker Mayfield had six carries for 35 yards. So a little bit more contained on the quarterback I would like. But, hey, listen, there was also one play. He just ran up the middle for a first down and uh, got into the red zone. And then we moved him back with a sack. But Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 102 yards. Take away that 49-yard run. Now, with the 102 yards, he has the 6.8 yards per carry. You take away that 49-yard run and you take away a carry. He's got under four yards per carry. So he really didn't have that great of a day outside of that one run. And if you're going to tell me, oh, you're biased, you're a hater, you know, you got to factor that stuff in. I'm factoring that stuff in. And I'm going to say that, you know, take away that 49-yard carry because guess what? Stephen A. a few years ago when Saquon Barkley made his debut, he's like, oh, well, they would have only ran for this if Saquon Barkley didn't have the 68-yard touchdown. Quiet. Uh, New York Giants rushing game, it wasn't as active. They still got over 100 yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 21 carries, 72 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, Daniel Jones, 10 carries, 21 yards, 2.1 yards per pop. Gary Brightwell with an impressive 14-yard run on a third and one, and then Matt Breida, uh, one rush for a negative four yards. Uh, That wasn't really a good play call in my opinion. I thought it was a mixture of execution and bad play calling and listen you're gonna have that with Mike Kafka right he's a first year play caller he's getting used to the team and the personnel we're gonna critique him but at the same time we're gonna also keep in mind that hey listen it's his first year uh DJ Moore really didn't do that much against the New York Giants three receptions 43 yards one touchdown two of those receptions uh were given up by Cordell Flott uh, Robbie Anderson, three catches, 32 yards. He also had a fumble. Christian McCaffrey, four receptions, 26 yards. No big plays there. I mean, listen, credit to the defense. Once again, Dane Belton, all the safeties, uh, the three safety looks that the Giants were giving, they locked this guy down. Other than maybe two screen passes, McCaffrey wasn't really much in the receiving game, which, once again, goes to the credit of the defense. Uh, Shai Smith, Ian Thomas, Giovanni Ricci, and Steven Sullivan, got a reception each 
Uh, in terms of New York Giants receiving game, Richie James once again is a leader of the pack. Five catches, 51 yards. David Sills, three catches, 37 yards. Sterling Shepard, six catches, 34 yards. Tanner Hudson got involved a little bit. Um, some sideline passes. Two catches, 22 yards. Daniel Bellinger had a 16-yard reception for a touchdown. I didn't even think he got it over, but he did. Uh, then Saquon Barkley had three catches for 16 yards. Matt Breida had one target. And then Kadarius Toney, uh, two catches, zero yards. That's something we also have to talk about as well. Um, defensive leaders. I'm going to talk about the Panthers first. So they, in total, had three sacks, nine tackles for a loss, and nine quarterback hits. Uh, Frankie Louvu was all over the field, and he was a bum with the Jets a few years ago. And I, I can't believe how much he's breaking out with this team. Um, but he had a total of 10 tackles and four for a loss. So he took advantage early. You know, he was in that backfield. Uh, Brian Burns, he had four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, and four quarterback hits. Marquise Haynes had four tackles and a quarterback hit. Derek Brown had four tackles and a quarterback hit. Henry Anderson had three tackles and a quarterback hit. Brevion Roy had a tackle and a quarterback hit. Marquan McCall, three tackles and a tackle for a loss. And then Dante Jackson, two tackles and a tackle for a loss. Take a look at the Giants defense, four quarterback hits, two sacks, and five tackles for a loss. Julian Love had eight tackles, a sack, a quarterback hit, and two tackles for a loss. Dexter Lawrence had five tackles and a quarterback hit. O'Shane Zimenez went off once again. Two tackles, a sack, quarterback hit, and a tackle for a loss. Uh, Darnay Holmes had a quarterback hit. And Adoree Jackson, man, 0 for 4. Quarterback was against him, meaning Baker Mayfield. Uh, targeted him four times. Didn't give up a single reception. I know there was a penalty on him. Um, but, hey, listen, he's playing like a number one corner. Couldn't ask more, right? Um, let's go into the offense. Let's go into the offense. I'm going to talk about Daniel Jones just in a little bit, but I want to get down the other uh, points to make, of course. The O-line wasn't very good in pass protection, once again. Couldn't run block at first, but as the half went on, they started doing it because, in my opinion at least, Mike Kafka and the offense didn't have a plan outside Saquon Barkley. That's just my opinion. They didn't have a plan. Um, you know, they were gifted with field position early, the two turnovers, and they didn't make anything of it. And part of the reason, I think it was the second drive, they started getting cute. You're a rebuilding team. You should not be getting cute in the red zone. You know, they had the uh, Saquon Barkley pin and pull, and then they had the Daniel Jones pin and pull. Just give it to Kadarius Tony. Give it to Barkley right up the gut. You know, he's going to jump over, get into the end zone. That's an easy seven right there. Uh, Kadarius Tony, like, I don't know if it was an option. It probably wasn't, but it was just a Jones pin and pull where he faked it to Tony. Tony would have been in the end zone. And I'm not blaming that on Daniel Jones. I'm blaming that on the play caller, Mike Kafka, because once again, it's getting cute when, you know, they had him dead to rights in the backfield and Barkley only gained like two yards on his carry. So that put the Giants in a, a very bitter position. And then Evan Neal gives up a sack to Brian Burns and obviously we'll see on the uh, all 22 at some point during the week whether that should have been on Daniel Jones and he should have got it out to Sterling Shepard um you know obviously you guys will take a look at that um Richie James and David Sills continue to be the lead receivers uh Sterling Shepard's also up there but I guess for these few games, it's going to be the, that way until the passing offense actually clicks and then we'll start using Kadarius Tony and all these different guys. Um, I said it on the 
Big Blue Crew live stream going back to Sunday. I think it's actually analytics that favor into this. Now, people will think I'm stupid. It's a bad take. Whatever. Um... I think this is severely analytical because of matchups and stuff like that. You see in baseball all the time, uh, oh, well, this hitter can't go up against this guy because this analytics says this about the matchup. Maybe that's the way they felt about Kenny Galladay. You know, we all know the Kenny Galladay situation. I'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, but I seriously think that, you know, this guy getting this reception this game, there's no really lead receiver. And I think that's, once again, analytic progressive because you know you got the older school teams you also got some of the newer school teams with um you know having their lead receivers having a dominant number one and with an offense where you really don't have a dominant number one receiver uh you kind of need to use those analytics once again it's just speculation but at the same time i might not be wrong uh tanner hudson and daniel bellinger slowly getting involved i mean i'm surprised chris myrick didn't catch anything but hey listen for myrick his first catch of the season was the touchdown and same thing goes for daniel bellinger so uh, you know i can't say the same about tanner hudson but tanner hudson you know he was good uh i i don't know about the blocking part but in terms of pass catching he was there he didn't drop any passes uh the interior line didn't play well glowinski and feliciano are disappointments I would say more of Glowinski. And listen, the O-line's going to grow. They're going to have their struggles. They still have to gel. And you can see that all across the league. I mean, uh, there's no injuries on the Bengals O-line. And they got destroyed by Dallas. I mean, six sacks on Joe Burrow. It's not very good. Um, but Glowinski, to this point, in my opinion, has been a little disappointing. Uh, he needs to fare a little bit better in pass protection. He gave up a sack to my, Matt Ioannidis uh, on Sunday. And then Feliciano, I mean, some of the run blocking just hasn't been there. Like week one, I was watching the film, and there was a little bit more he could have done to stretch out a bigger run. And then, you know, there was also a play where I was referencing it earlier. Matt Breida had that negative four-yard carry. John Feliciano, they were all moving to this side, I think, and uh, the defensive lineman just got right past him. I think it was Marquand McCall. So you can't have those guys easily dominate you. That's, you know, when we're going to be a run-first offense, it looks like. Can't happen. Can't happen. And just the penalties, the this, the that, and the other thing. And I forgot to actually go over the team stats, which I'll actually do maybe at the end of the offense thing since we're talking about it. But you can't have that. I mean, last year, just, you know, despite the Jason Garrett uh, offense and stuff like that, offensive production and execution was a severe issue and that even showed when Garrett was fired and they put in Freddie Kitchens did he have good concepts I don't know but you couldn't really tell because the offense was just so fucking bad um but yeah Glowinski has been a disappointment Feliciano I, I guess you kind of know what you're getting with him he's an older guy uh toss around type of guy in terms of a journeyman We'll see if he gets benched for anybody else. I mean, I highly doubt they'll put Shane Lemieux at center. But, hey, listen, uh, I've been wrong before. Saquon Barkley slowed down in the running game. 21 carries, 72 yards, and 3.4 yards per pop. And I said it to my brother. He put a fucking bet. It was a prop bet on Saquon Barkley to get over 76 yards on the ground. I said, Luca, you do that, you're jinxing him. And he was off by four yards, but he still jinxed him. So I blame him for that. But that's an effect of, well, they tried getting away from him, uh, you know, the prospect of running the football at one point. And 
the fact that the O-line could not run block. Uh, Josh Rizudu did a little bit better in terms of his game, and so did Bredesen, but listen, it's still not good. Uh, that's what I have to say about the running game. Kadarius Tony with little usage in the offense. Two catches, zero yards. I also have the snap count, so we'll go over that at the end. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton not used. <sighs> they need to find ways to get Kadarius Tony more involved. And as we go on in the season, I'm going to keep saying this if he's not involved. People are going to say, well, Kadarius Tony does not know the playbook and this, this, and this. And they'll use what I said about the analytics and the matchups and all this other stuff. He can run a whip route. He can run some slants. Next week when we face Dallas, it's not going to be, oh, well, it's 16-19 win. That's going to cut it for us. I don't think it's, I don't think it is. I don't think it's going to cut it for us. Because Dallas, they're coming on strong. You know, they got a win off Cincinnati. Their pass rush is pretty fucking good. I mean, Micah Parsons is part of that defense. And, you know, we could say all these other things. But... It's not just going to be ground and pound again. They are going to stop Saquon early, and they will pressure the quarterback. And in that time, Daniel Jones will need to get it out to his playmakers, whether it's James or Sills. But Kadarius Toney, last year, whether you like it or not, against Trayvon Diggs, he tore him up. Whether it was garbage time, this, that, and the other thing, it still goes on the fucking stat sheet. Toney had 189 yards against the Dallas Cowboys, and he was pretty electric that game. Coming off a game where he also was electric against the Saints. So, in my opinion, he needs to be involved. If he's not involved, in my personal opinion, the Giants barely squeak out a win or they don't win at all. Uh, as for Darius Slayton not being used, I don't know why. You activate him, you give him the veteran minimum, just trade him. Just trade him at this point. I feel like he could take a, you know, the top off of a defense. Obviously, this Brian Dable, Mike Kafka offensive staff doesn't think so. And listen, maybe he's not in the right state of mind. Maybe he doesn't have the confidence or anything. But for a fifth-round pick, I mean, that's better in terms of a ceiling and overall potential and provenness more than David Sills. I mean, David Sills, yeah, he caught, what, a few passes? But the talent is there for Darius Slayton. We know what he is. He has more offensive talent than David Sills my personal opinion and it's you can't tell me that Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton don't have a connection yes they do because guess what they hooked up for a touchdown last year and look at the rookie year and I know that's three years down backwards um Kenny Galladay not involved I know obviously everyone was making the spectacle of you know the locker room and shit and then Julian Love came out and defended him on social media um, I, I mean, even without that, he's not going to be using this offense. I think at some point the Giants are going to have to make a move that they don't want to make in terms of their cap situation, whether it's cutting Galladay, eating the money, and trading him. Uh, it's it's not a good situation for Kenny Galladay. And listen, if you don't work your way on the field, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe, maybe it is this coaching staff bearing down on Galladay, but two coaching staffs already... I don't know. It just feels a little suspicious uh, to me. And then we're going to go over Daniel Jones and play calling in just a second. So Daniel Jones pretty much had another mag game. No turnovers, but missed some reads. Those reads you have to make. And this is the way I see Daniel Jones right now. And I'm kind of indifferent. You guys know that about me. I'm realistic, but at the same time, I can be content with things. I'm kind of, and this is half. This is half of me right now. 
Half of me, the 50% on this side, is content with the way Daniel Jones is playing. This half wishes a little bit more can come out of Daniel Jones. Missed reads, Tony over the middle, Shepard in the end zone, Bellinger in the end zone. Those are throws he needs to make. It's pretty simple. You, you know, we could critique him on that. Stats show that he isn't necessarily good. He's about average. When the Giants have the leader, they're tied. So, to be fair, I don't want to say it's a lack of urgency, but that's probably the best way to put it in terms of Daniel Jones. The urgency is not there to go out and score points. Maybe that's his mindset. Maybe it's the offensive mindset. I don't know. Once again, us content creators speculate all the time. But statistics show that he is at his best when the Giants are actually down. This is not just this year, but this is years past. And whether they win the games or not, obviously he hasn't won a lot of games in New York Giants uniform. And, you know, that's not really something to take in. Maybe it is with the stats, but I don't really look at a quarterback's record because Mitch Trubisky, hey, listen, you know, he's an average quarterback, but he's got a over 500 record as a starter. Um, but I, I'm, I'm split even with Daniel Jones. I know he's probably not going to be here next year, but one side is content only because we are winning. Only because he does enough to make sure that we don't lose the game. You know, obviously Tennessee, that was a little bit of a different story. But he and Saquon Barkley helped drive the offense down the field. He did make that play where he slid for the first down. And that ended the game against the Carolina Panthers. But at the same time, I don't know this year. And this is truth. In my opinion... I don't know that you're going to see the Giants up by two scores because of Daniel Jones. It might be by defense, Saquon Barkley, special teams turnovers, whatever. I just don't think somewhat the urgency is there. Once again, I hope I'm wrong. Um, But people kind of over-criticize him a little bit, like he's Nathan Peterman. I kind of said this the last podcast episode. Uh, I don't think so. You know, he isn't too productive, but he's not counterproductive. He does enough to make sure the team wins. He doesn't do over that. And listen, uh, we'll have our conversations at some point, you know, when we're talking about Daniel Jones, because guess what? Uh, Not that I'm rooting against any quarterback in college, but they're not looking good right now. You got CJ Stroud. You got uh, Bryce Young out of Alabama. Those are really your top two guys, maybe even Levis. I don't know when Caleb Williams comes out of USC. At least I think that's the college he plays for. And then it's a drop-off. Anthony Richardson, you're going to sit him a year in a uh, NFL where rookie quarterbacks play all the fucking time? It's it's an interesting conversation that's eventually going to be had on this channel. Maybe I'll bring some people on or whatever. Um, but to be fair, I, I kind of see where people are angry in terms of Daniel Jones, but also at the same time, what do you expect? This is year four. I'm just 50-50, okay? Going to put it like that. And also, yes, the play calling was suspect at uh, times during the game. All right. Um, let's go to team stats. So the Giants had 18 first downs and the Panthers had 18 as well. The Giants had eight passing first downs. And uh, the Panthers had seven passing first downs. And that actually the same count for the rushing. The Giants had eight rushing first downs, seven for the Panthers. You look at the penalties. The Giants had two first downs from penalties, four for the Panthers. Third down efficiency wasn't great, but the Giants were a little bit better. 
than the Carolina Panthers. The Giants were 6-for-18. The Carolina Panthers were 2-for-12. Defense, once again. Both teams were 1-for-1 in terms of... Excuse the burp. Uh, Both teams were 1-for-1 in terms of fourth down efficiency. Total plays, the Giants ran 70, and the Panthers ran 54. Total yards, Giants had 265. The Panthers were 275 in terms of yards, 10 more than the Giants, and once again, very defensive game. Uh, Total drives, we had 12, and the Carolina Panthers had 11. Yards per play, the Carolina Panthers had 5.1, the Giants had 3.8. Red zone attempts, Giants were 1 for 3 in the red zone, the Panthers were 1 for 4. Uh, the penalties, the Giants killed themselves at points, 8 for 62. Uh, then the Panthers were 5 for 38. Two turnovers by the Panthers, fumbles lost, special teams, and of course the Robbie Anderson one. And then time of possession, the Giants 35-57 compared to Carolina's uh, 24-03. So now let's take a look and talk about the defense. Man, oh man, I was so hyped earlier in the podcast, and I still am talking about this defense. To think that the defense would be our strong point, you know, it could have been predictable, but at the same time, you really couldn't guess. There is still potential that this defense maybe falls off and goes through some rookie struggles and whatever the case may be, right? Um, But a lot of people, it wasn't necessarily me. People were saying, well, we're going to be 32nd against the pass. We're not there right now. And that's why, once again, I come back to the point. Patrick Graham wasn't as aggressive. He was more scared because of the personnel. Don Martindale's not scared, and he's arguably working with worse personnel. Worse personnel at corner, worse personnel at linebacker, worse personnel at defensive end slash outside linebacker. So, once again, no excuses if you want to talk about how Patrick Graham was so good as a defensive coordinator for the Giants. I'll credit him in 2020. Not so much 2021, but once again, that kind of is a moot point uh two turnovers i hate the fact that the new york giants did not exercise and basically take advantage of those turnovers you know it should have been seven every time that's what we did last year we would have a turnover and then we would go into the red zone and put up fucking three points i mean i remember i think it was the rams game actually we did something or we got down the field and then offensive execution kicked in penalties this that and the other thing sacks and guess what we kicked fucking three did that help us no because we ended up uh having a deficit of 28 to 3 at halftime no i'm not joking when i say that um so the offensive execution just has to pick up but also betterment on the defense two turnovers dane belton with the fumble recovery i i texted his dad on twitter uh he thanked me he now follows me so shouts to papa belton and then uh darney holmes ripped it out of robbie anderson's hands i forget who fu- fucking recovered the fumble i it's, you know mixing up my words here let's take a look and see who actually recovered that fumble uh that was Adoree jackson as i thought it was so once again fumble recovery amongst other stuff for Adoree jackson great game by him dexter lawrence and leonard williams forced multiple pressures on mayfield did a nice job stopping the run one of the plays that i think the new york giants defense missed leonard williams on and they got better as the game went on without him uh is that 149 yard carry DJ Davidson was in the middle. I don't think Dexter Lawrence was even in on that play, which is a little shameful because, you know, that's a first down and they can go right up the gut. Um, I think Justin Ellis was also in on that play. I kind of want to say that DJ Davidson's been better than Justin Ellis, 
Not going to totally say that for sure without warrant. But once again, the double teams were there, and McCaffrey just ran right up the gut. Uh, Fabian Moreau made the tackle. So he was missed, but then again, they got on without him, and they played a good game. Uh, though the contain wasn't necessarily great at times, the pass rush was there from the interior. You can't argue that. Dexter Lawrence uh, making that tackle on third down to stop Mayfield from getting the first, Leonard Williams. He basically caused that O'Shane oh, Zimenez sack. I mean, he forced his guy into the backfield. Mayfield tries to step up, sacked. So credits to those guys. It's not showing up too much on the stat sheet, but if you look at analytics, look at some of these other things, it's going to show up. You have to have an open mind. Uh, linebackers not input, not put in bad positions, except for Calicho when he covered Stephen Sullivan. Uh, I have to give it to Don Martindale. He kind of adjusted, and you kind of need to adjust when you have Christian McCaffrey and some of these decent tight ends that they have on the roster. Um, you know, he put the safeties on him. Xavier McKinney was mostly on Christian McCaffrey. Uh, sometimes it would be Darnay. Sometimes it would be Julian Love. Um, but it, it was a good improvision by Don Martindale to not put the linebackers on running backs and tight ends. Uh, obviously, once again, did that with Calitro and Steven Sullivan. Not too mad at that. Calitro's a bigger body, so is Steven Sullivan. So it's not like he's Evan Ingram or something like that. Um, but once again, good recognition of personnel to kind of, you know, make your defense better. Um, also, I thought Calitro, actually, and we're going to take a look at the snap counts once we're done the defensive side. Uh, he actually didn't earn that many snaps, so Micah McFadden might be getting more. But at the same time, Julian Love did have a ton of snaps in the box. So did Xavier McKinney. And that's what happens when you have Tony Jefferson and you have Dane Belton. We're going to get Jason Pinnock back at some point. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun talking about this stuff. O'Shane Zimenez stellar off the edge. Jihad Ward is the vet presence we need once again. It's been so long since we've had a, a solid vet that knows the scheme actually doing something. Kareem Martin, some of the guys from the Patriots scheme, you know, last two years, not doing anything, right? Danny Shelton was it was a perfect poster boy of that. And guess what? Jihad Ward with Don Martindale, he comes over and he's doing the job. Yes, the face mask penalty, multiple pressures, setting the edge, tackles in the backfield. I can't ask more of Jihad Ward. He has proven his worth here. He's one-year contract. Yes, he's probably not going to be here next year. But if you're paving the way for rookies, he's doing a great job of it. So Jihad Ward, hats off to you. O'Shane Zimenez, he gets his first sack in three years. I know I was particularly hard on him. But hey, listen, he's proven his worth. And he might actually be a better pure rusher than Quincy Roche. He's proven us wrong. Um, Christian McCaffrey with no effect on the passing game, Giants covered him with the safeties. Yep, it was like four catches, 26 yards. Not that much. Uh, Xavier McKinney with a few batted passes. Julian Love sent on a few blitzes. He's talking about putting those guys in the box. McKinney, multiple batted passes. So, great job by him. Great job by Martindale saying, look, we're going to put you in the box. You're going to take advantage of that short-ass quarterback named Baker Mayfield. You're going to bat some passes, and you're going to you know, play the next down. So, Xavier McKinney, hats off to you. Hats off to the whole defense, mostly. But, listen, you know, he uh, he did a great job today. Not today. It's not today. Uh, he did a great job on Sunday. Julian Love, he's a player that the Giants might actually want to invest a second contract in. And I'm not talking, you know, $30 million, $20 million of safety. Just like 1M veteran minimum deals for three years. 
he is a guy you can play with. Played some safety last game, then this past game. You know, he's in the box. He's making tackles against the run. He's even sacking the quarterback. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I've rooted for Julian Love to be successful in the NFL, especially on this team. And guess what? I love to see it. I just love to see it. You know, I had high hopes for him. And now that he's being used correctly, more than we've seen in the last two years, hats off. Uh, Dory Jackson playing lockdown corner. You can't ask for more. You can't ask for more production out of Dory Jackson. Maybe interceptions, sure. But guess what? He's playing lockdown corner on a defense that we didn't think was going to be this good. So, Dory Jackson, hats off to you. I know we're going to be facing some quarterbacks down the line that will give the defense a little bit more uh, of a test. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. But for right now, we can enjoy the moment and say, hey, listen, you know, we're doing this against these quarterbacks. Cordell Flott had the tale of two halves. Fabian Moreau was decent in the second half, taking his place. Uh, that one tackle sticks out to me. And Fabian Moreau, you know, he could have a role on this team going forward, and maybe not just as a practice squad guy. But Flan, uh, he didn't do too bad. I know a lot of people are unhappy about the inter- uh, the touchdown and, you know, the back shoulder fade. Uh, listen, you know, we're just lucky in the first half that they didn't pay enough attention to him. They threw two passes his way. Both of them were not even on target. So uh, some growing pains there, but listen, I'm not too mad. I'm not too mad. We're going to get in the rookies. This is a rebuild. This is a young year. We're going to get in those rookies. They're going to make some mistakes. They're going to make some very, really, you know, good plays. Uh, Darnie Holmes still struggling with a few penalties. He did have the pass interference over the middle, which I thought was a little bit of bullshit. You know, that was not being on target anyway. But that's going to be something to look for, you know, in the next few weeks, right? Uh, is Darnie Holmes going to continue with the penalties as we go against better quarterbacks? He doesn't really have a good tackling ability. Um, he played better in the slot against the Panthers, but at the same time, you know, better slot wide receivers will take advantage of you. Uh, Terrace Marshall wasn't playing, or at least I didn't see he was playing. So maybe he would have destroyed uh, Holmes in the slot, but he still worries me a little bit. He still worries me. There was one play where Shai Smith dropped the ball over the middle, and guess what? Uh, Donnie Holmes was covering him. That may have been a walk-in touchdown. And then Goat Graham Gano. We've been saying this for three years now. He's missed some kicks, but two from 50-plus, there is no reason he shouldn't be the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. There's no reason he shouldn't be. Um, He scored probably the most points on the team, you think about it. So Giants put up six, put up, what, four field goals? So that's, yeah, that's 12 points right there, some odd. Maybe even the extra points, that's 13 points. Credit to Graham Gano. But here's the snap counts, everybody, and some factoids I'll throw in. Um... Let's get it up here. So in terms of snap counts, let's talk about defense first. Julian Love, Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney played 100%. Jihad Ward, 91%. Donnie Holmes, 84%. Tay Crowder, 83%. Dane Belton, 79% in his first NFL game. Dexter Lawrence, 79%. Cordell Flott, 71%. O'Shane Zimenez, 60%. Leonard Williams, 59%. Obviously, you could attribute that to his injury. Nick Williams, 47%. Taman Fox, 34%. Justin Ellis, 31%. Fabian Moreau, 29%. Tony Jefferson, 17%. DJ Davidson, 
14%, Michael McFadden, 12%, and Austin Calitro, 9%. So obviously, that is attributed to the fact that they used more safeties like Tony Jefferson, Dane Belton, rather than linebackers, which once again, very well put game plan for this game. Once again, thank you, Wink Martindale. Uh, you take a look at the Giants' offense. Daniel Jones, along with Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, Mark Lewinsky, John Feliciano, 100%. David Sills, skill player that played the most snaps, 92%. Sterling Shepard, 88%. Saquon Barkley, 84%. Ben Bredesen, 77%. Daniel Bellinger, 58%. Uh, Richard James, 42%. Kadarius Toney, 38%. Tanner Hudson, 37%, 32% for Chris Myrick, 23% Josh Azudu, 15% Matt Breida, uh, Darius Slayton, 5%, uh, Williams, Antonio Williams, I didn't even know he got offensive snaps, I forgot he was active, I'm going to be honest with you guys, uh, 3%, so we got two snaps, Devery Hamilton got 3% of the snaps, two snaps, same thing for Kenny Galladay and Gary Brightwell, one with that 14-yard carry. Now, Let's go into stock up, stock down. Then we will leave you guys for the rest of the day. Stock up, stock down. Love this one. Uh, pretty much almost the entire defense. Adoree Jackson, Fabian Moreau, Xavier McKinney, O'Shane Zimenez, Julian Love, Dane Belton, Leonard Williams, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Richie James, David Sills, Tanner Hudson, Daniel Bellinger, and Graham Gano. Stock down. Daniel Jones, Cordell Flott, Darnie Holmes, John Feliciano, Mark Lewinsky. And I think that's about it because Bredesen and Azudu did a little bit better. Not by a stretch, not by margins, but they got better. They got better. But that's pretty much a recap podcast. We'll have one on Saturday, likely. Um, I know it's obviously the Monday night game, so we might have to speculate a little bit who's playing, who's not playing. I'll try to get a Cowboys person on. Uh, Dean was very good in the... um, in the pregame uh, preview, I should say, for the Giants-Panthers game, you know, give him a follow on Twitter, uh, Dean Jones underscore. But I appreciate you guys coming out. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate you all coming back. Peace out. Guys, see you later. And guess what? Go Giants. Go Giants.